This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I didn't know you have to get them up. I just assumed they'd wake up. <laughs> They're awake. They're just, oh. She just walked her way right out. And, you know, you lock them up at night so they're safe. Ah, safe from all the... protected from predators. Yes, very important. Hi, and welcome to Happier in Hollywood, the podcast about how to be happier, healthier, saner, more creative, more successful, and more productive in a backbiting, superficial, chaotic, unpredictable, fundamentally insane world. I'm Liz Kraft, a TV writer and producer living in LA, and with me is my high school friend and writing partner, Sarah. That's me, Sarah Fain. On this podcast, we talk about being writers in Hollywood, how we balance a career and friendship, and how to survive the war of attrition that is life in Los Angeles. In today's episode, we're going to talk about the note we always get and give. Then Sarah will explain why puzzles are making her happier and healthier. We've also got a follow-up mailroom question, and in hits and bombs, we've got a bomb for someone who's been in the news a lot lately. Finally, this week's Hollywood hack is something Sarah discovered over the Thanksgiving holiday. But first, we have an update on a personal level. (laughs) I would like everyone to know that I got two more baby chickens for a total of six chickens now. Wow. (laughs) And I am so happy and I love them and they're so cute. I know. You called me. You said, okay, it turns out I am a chicken person. Like, you like your chickens. To you, they're more like dogs, it seems, than chickens. I mean, I wouldn't put them quite at dog level, but they're, I, they just have so much personality and they're so cute and there's so much going on with them. And you know, that book, The Nature Fix, yes, um, that I loved, um, written by, I want to say Florence Williams, it's been a while. She wrote about how bird sounds make you happier mm. and they make a lot of like really wonderful little sounds. Anyway, big chicken fan here. I now have four pullets and two grown chickens. Well, I will say I do love bird sounds. That's one thing I love about Puerto Rico is the sound of the birds, which leads me to a reminder, Sarah, that Fantasy Island Season 2 premieres Monday, January 2nd at 8 p.m. We are so excited for everyone to see it. There are many bird sounds in the background. (laughs) Yes, much of our post is going like... Is the bird sound too much? Is it? How do we get? And the frogs also, the coquille frogs. Yes. (laughs) Okay, let's dive into from the treadmill desk of, in which we discuss what's most pressing in our work psyches. And this week, it's the note that we always get and we always give. And we can talk about how we came to be discussing this. But the note is more emotion. Yes. So we are about to do a pitch. We pitched it to the studio. We're about to pitch to the network. And the studio note was the classic 
evergreen more emotion. And and it's one of those things. Again, you learn it over and over and over. And when you're writing a pitch, it's you're balancing so much and you're so conscious of time that sometimes you just yeah. want to cruise th- through things. So it was like, okay, we got to pause, pause for emotion. Yeah. And Sarah, the funny thing is, I mean, every time we get a script, 90% of the time, our note to the writer is, well, just do a pass to make everything more emotional. Yes. So it's like this, it's it's one of those layer things in writing, right? And for us, even though we both know this, and in theory, we should be able to read our pitch and go, oh, it doesn't have enough emotion. It's almost like we hope no one will notice. Exactly. Well, and it's also a lot of times, again, because there's such a time crunch on pitches, like you really don't want them to be too long because then they're just deadly. Yes. You go, okay, well, we're going to float this and see where this is landing. And like, is this making sense? Is that making sense? And you get a lot of information from that first listen of of your listeners going, okay, well, this is working, this we need more of, etc. So there's always something, but I mean, of course, of course, it's more emotion. Duh. (laughs) And it was helpful because they did have notes on trim. So there's certain things we can take out to then put in, you know, to let things breathe more. But what I would say to those listening to this who are doing their own pitches, and by the way, I'm sure this note goes to any industry, right? Like anytime you have emotion, that's what the listener's interested in and whatever you're talking about is to think if if you can't cram it in, then you need to take a second look because the thing you don't want to lose is the thing that everybody finds the most interesting, which is right. the emotion. Yeah. So we shall go forth with more emotion and tell everyone else to do the same. <laughs> I just want to burst into tears. <laughs> I know, yes. If this isn't making us cry, <laughs> it's no good. That's right. All right, coming up, we have a take a hike about my new passion, puzzles. But first, this break. Liz, there is nothing I love more than having a delicious meal that I didn't have to cook, which is why I have been getting no prep, no mess meals from Factor. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer thanks to the menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factor's fresh, never-frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. Last night, I had had blackened salmon with broccoli and with cauliflower rice. It was so delicious. It was the perfect dinner. Head to factormeals.com slash HIH50 and use code HIH50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code HIH50 at factormeals.com slash HIH50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Okay, Liz, it's time for Take a Hike, in which we discuss physical, mental, and spiritual health. Today, it is mental health. And I know during the pandemic, a lot of people started doing puzzles, and I resisted 
that you know I fully embraced Wordle, but I didn't get into puzzles. And you're so. talking jigsaw <laughs> puzzles, I assume. Yes, yes, I'm talking jigsaw puzzles. And I would see people's pictures on Facebook of all the wonderful puzzles they were doing, but still not engage with puzzles myself. Well, Violet's nanny has been bringing puzzles over as a sort of mm. mindfulness activity to do with Violet. And oh my gosh, Violet has no interest. I Mm -hmm. love the puzzles. It's just, I just got a puzzle. It's a thousand pieces. It's a beautiful scene of flower. The colors are gorgeous. It's so calming and it's not a screen and you really focus on what you're doing. And it's a meditative, mindful activity. And I'm so into puzzles. So if there are people out there like me who resisted, just embrace it. Go for it. You might love it. Well, what I love is this is a whole category of gift I can get for you now. Puzzles. Yes, totally. Um, It's funny you mentioned puzzles because, Sarah, it's not a jigsaw puzzle, but recently I actually subscribed to the New York Times games so that I could do the crossword puzzle every day. Because, again, I find it very meditative to do the crossword puzzle. Although often I don't get the whole puzzle, um, I enjoy trying. I'm also thinking once we're hopefully working, you know, full steam again on a project, puzzling sounds like a time when you might have a great idea. Selfishly, I'm thinking that. Yes. No, and I was actually thinking, like, if we ever do rooms in person and not on Zoom again, it would be fun to have a puzzle on the table. Ah. Might be a little distracting, but it also might really bring a focus to things. I I was thinking, this might be worth trying. Okay. Well, you know what? I'm all for it. (laughs) Okay, Sarah, it is time for our mailroom segment. Yes. Rebecca wrote, in episode 288, you talk about accepting Violet's desire for animals instead of rejecting it. Brilliant. What a fabulous strategy to keep relationships strong and well-oiled. Acceptance says, I love who you are, as opposed to, well, hmm, I don't really want that part of you. You mentioned, however, that when you were young writers, you rejected a lot more frequently instead of accepting people's advice. This rings true for me. As young writers or creatives, we're struggling to find our voice. So when people suggest changes, we feel insecure and reject the change. But as our creative voice solidifies and we know what we have to offer the world, suggestions don't feel so threatening. I'd love to hear you talk about the development of voice as young creatives and the balance of accepting and rejecting when you're still trying to form your creative persona. What did you do to feel more confident in your voice? Were there early suggestions you rejected because of fear? And as you look back now, you can see the advice giver was trying to help you shape your voice. What advice would you give to young creatives to accept advice while still gaining confidence they're shaping their own voice instead of echoing someone else's? Mm, Great questions. Really great. Well, one thing that helped was that in one of our first jobs, which was on Angel, um, one of our bosses said to us before our first note session, just remember your job is to take criticism. And it's really true as a TV writer that it really is a big part of the job is to take criticism. So we really didn't have much choice. We had to take the notes. (laughs) Now we might've between us been like, well, this is stupid and that's stupid and they're wrong and blah, blah, blah. (laughs) But we really had to take the notes. And over time, what you realize is 
writing is rewriting. So their notes really aren't so threatening. Well, and you also realize that those notes you were going, yeah, this is stupid. This is a dumb note. Blah, blah, yeah. Often do make things better. Right. Like, once you see that happen over and over and over again, you go, oh. <laughs> right. It's like, do you want to be I'm wrong? Do you want to be right or do you want to have a good script? Exactly. Yeah. And it's interesting that Rebecca talked about developing your own creative voice because the strange thing about television is that when you're starting out it's really not about creating your right. own voice it's about copying someone else's voice and i think it takes a long time until you actually have the freedom to develop your own voice yeah it's funny because it's something that i think is is less emphasized now for instance when we started out we would write spec scripts for shows that already existed to demonstrate yeah. that we could copy voice the voice of another show. Whereas now everybody writes pilots where they're supposed to have their own voice. And that actually makes it a bit harder in staffing simply because you don't know, well, someone wrote a great script in this, but can they also provide a voice for someone else? Well, and there's, there's also the element of pilots are the hardest thing to write. So I'm judging someone yes. on how well they do at the hardest yes. thing, not yes. necessarily how good they would be at this job of like writing this show. Yes. But I really think in terms of the confidence also, it's the hours thing. You know, I mean, Malcolm yeah. Gladwell's 10,000 hours. I mean, the more time you spend in rooms, the more you, jobs you've had, the more times that you have succeeded, the more confident you are that you know what you're doing. And if you know what you're doing, it just doesn't feel as threatening to hear from other people. But like we take this into account if we're dealing, for instance, with like a really young executive, we mm -hmm. will know that that person might feel less secure. And so we'll try to um, just be mindful of that and not just rejecting their notes which then would make them feel insecure. You know, everybody's got their own insecurity. Yes. Interestingly, your question also made me think of a time many years ago now, I'm happy to report, where I just decided I was going to declare that we are good at our job. Oh, yes. Like, remember, like I literally remember a phone conversation with our agent, Matt Solo, mm -hmm. at the time, who, like, I was just like, we are good at this. We are really good writers and we are great showrunners and we are not, you know, like we were, I was just like, yes. I'm declaring that one of, first it's true, but yeah. I was just like, people don't acknowledge it unless you own it. So I think you have to say like, this is my voice and own uh -huh. it. And then, you know, eventually it'll develop. You may not be a hundred percent there, but you'll get there. But Owning it and declaring it, I think, is so important. I feel like people didn't take us seriously until we were just like, listen, yeah. we are fucking good at this. No, I 100% <laughs> agree with you. And and um, the funny thing about being a showrunner is that you go from being what's called a, quote, baby showrunner <laughs> yeah. to a, quote, veteran showrunner arbitrarily. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> it just suddenly, like, everyone decides, okay, now you're a veteran. Yeah. It doesn't necessarily <laughs> mean you've done 100 episodes. It's just someone decides now you're a veteran. And I think yeah. you decided we were now veteran showrunners, and everybody yes. was like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> 
Exactly. (laughs) But one thing I will just remind everyone of is that the more that you reject criticism, the more prickly you are, the less confident you seem to everyone around you. Just know that that everyone knows that trick and they know what you're doing. So if you really want to seem confident and you want to seem like you have a strong voice, you're much better off being easy with criticism than hard with criticism, in my opinion. Absolutely. And also, I mean, it's developing your own voice, as you said, it's just a matter of hours. Just keep writing. Write more and more and more. And the more you write, the more your voice will develop. Yes, that is absolutely true. There's no no way to get there without getting there. You can't (laughs) bypass the journey. Truth. Next up, we have hits and bombs. But first, this break. Okay, Liz, it's time for hits and bombs because Hollywood is all about big hits and big bombs. And Liz, I just this week have to give a big bomb to Elon Musk, who is just sucking the life out of the world right now. I'm like, I'm so tired of hearing about him. I'm tired of everything he's trying to control in the world. He took something that was like, not perfect, don't get me wrong, and then has turned it into a total catastrophic mess. I am just, it's like, ugh, do we really need this? Can we just like, can he just pay taxes and move on with his life? I know. For anyone who doesn't know, by the way, Elon Musk bought Twitter and is now just seems to be running it into the ground. Um, You know what's weird, Sarah, is coincidentally, or maybe not coincidentally, maybe the wheels have been falling off before my Twitter got hacked like two days before the sale went through. (laughs) And the people managed to change my my email and password so I can't get to it. And oh of course, God. I contacted Twitter numerous times, have not heard back from them. So and for anyone listening, I'm no longer on Twitter. So if you see me tweeting something, it is not me. And please don't bother to follow me on Twitter right now because it's not <laughs> me. And hopefully if I've sent you a DM asking for money, that is not me. But it was weird because with the timing, I, I'm just like, well, I guess I'm just not on Twitter anymore. Right. And that's, you know, I'm staying because I want to see how it all plays out. But it went from being sort of an enjoyable experience of connecting to interesting journalists whose points of view I want to get more depth into to being just like ugliness. Everything is just ugliness. So, it's probably good that you haven't gotten to experience yeah. <laughs> the devolution of of Twitter. Anyway, big bomb. Yes, not impressed. Not good. Not good. Okay, Sarah, now I have a hit. It's kind of a conceptual hit. The hit is to things going wrong. Now, you know, one of the famous saying and one of my mom's favorite things to say is that the things that go wrong often make the best memories. And I was thinking about this again the other day because I was in Kansas City for Thanksgiving and I was thinking about our friend Suzanne. We had an amazing friend from high school, Suzanne, who um, died a few years ago from breast cancer. And I was driving by Suzanne's house and I just kind of wanted to remember her. You know, I wanted to just spend Mm -hmm. time thinking about her. And so I was like searching, you know, for a 
a memory that I wanted to ponder. And what came up as the most vivid (laughs) memory was this time when we were at Suzanne's house and she wanted to highlight her hair. This was at a time like really before hair highlighting was such a thing. (laughs) Like the most anyone did was the like lemon juice, you know, in their hair in the sun. Yeah. So we went, we got, we picked out some sort of hair dye (laughs) highlighter that we thought would go with her hair. And we went into her bathroom and I did the highlighting. Which that alone is so fabulous. I know. That alone makes no sense. (laughs) And I think it had one of those caps and you were supposed to pull out the little pieces, uh, you know, with the the sharp thing. Right. I think Suzanne and I decided that seemed like a big pain <laughs> in the ass and not to do it that way. And I just like painted it on. Oh, my God. Well, when she washed her hair, she was blonde, <laughs> like a dark blonde. It came out as lavender gray. Okay. I don't know <sighs> what combination of chemicals <laughs> came together to to make her hair this shade of it looked nothing like the box. Um, it's funny because now it's actually a fairly popular hair color, like oh, very popular. Yes. You were ahead yeah, of your time, about, yeah, yeah, decades ahead of our time. But Suzanne was just like it was like, oh my god, like what, like unqualified disaster. And she then did have to actually go to a professional place and do something about it. Right. But, you know, Suzanne being Suzanne, she was like completely fine with it. She was like, oh, whoops. Well, I guess we're going to have to do something about that. She didn't like get mad. She didn't yell. She didn't freak out. She just took it in stride. Yeah. (laughs) And now, of course, I'm like, if I had just highlighted her hair and it had not been remarkable in any way, that memory could have just like slipped away. But the fact that it had such a (laughs) dramatically bad outcome lodged it in my brain forever. Yes. And so I remember. And so I was thinking it really is true. Like even, you know, over so many years, these little things that go wrong really do stay with you and make you laugh later. And, you know, Suzanne had such a great smile. So of course, yeah. I also just sort of thought of her laughing about it and smiling. And so it was just nice to think about that and to remind myself, you know, the things that go wrong often make the best memories. So I share yes, that with everyone. Oh, thanks, Liz. Now I get to remember it, too. Even I wasn't there, but... You probably heard about it, though. Oh, boy, I can picture it. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, Sarah, it is time for this week's Hollywood hack, which is something you discovered over the Thanksgiving break. Yes. Okay, the hack is find a refill store near you. So what the heck is that? That's All right. what I, my first question. I have no <laughs> idea what a refill store is. So I am building an office in my backyard so I can get out of the house and have a little peace and quiet while I work. <laughs> and so there's a like an eco construction place here near Ojai and Oakview. And I have been meaning to stop in there. So I went in and it turns out they are also a refill store, which means they have big like glass canisters of soap and shampoo, both hand soap, dishwashing soap, 
Lotion? Whatever kind of soap. Uh, I don't think they had lotion. It was more in the like cleaning and okay. personal hair care and body care washing stuff. That was very articulate what I just said. <laughs> <laughs> but they had so much stuff. And I was like, I've been trying, as you know, to do less plastic, less consumer, like all of that. And I'm like, I can just take in the bottles that I already have and refill them there with brands that I already like, that I know are good brands and good for the environment and good for my body and all good for my house. And, you know, so I was thrilled and I had no idea that it was there. So yeah. I my the hack is do a little research, see if there's one near you. My next thing is I'm going to try and get them to do consumables, like a big thing of oats, a big thing of flour, mm. a big you know, so you can just refill those, rice, oh, whatever. Oh yes, that would be great. Right? So anyway, it was a very cool find. This is why I moved to Ohio for cool things like that. So I was very excited. Good for you, Sarah. Yeah, I feel like you are definitely discovering Ojai. That's your, your, this year is just going to be all yes. about more wonderful Ojai finds. Yes, my 2023 uh, motto is going to be, have to be something in there. Yes. We'll talk about that later, yes. but that that's that's my direction. Okay, good. And that's it for this episode of Happier in Hollywood. We love to hear from you. Email us or send us a voice memo to happierinhollywood at gmail.com. Thanks for listening and please follow us if you haven't already. And thanks to our executive producer, Chuck Reed. And thanks to everyone at Sancola Sound. You can follow them on Instagram at Sancola Sound. Thanks to everyone at Cadence 13. And as always, thank you to Gretchen Rubin. Happier in Hollywood is part of the Onward Project. Check out the other Onward Project podcasts. Happier with Gretchen Rubin, Side Hustle School, Do the Thing from Whole30's Melissa Urban, and Everything Happens with Kate Bowler. Get in touch. I'm on Instagram at S. Fain and Liz is at Liz Craft. We also have a Facebook group. Search for Happier in Hollywood on Facebook to join in on the conversation. Until next week, I'm Liz Craft. And I'm Sarah Fain. Thanks for joining us. It's a fun job. And we enjoy it. Liz, did you see one of our listeners posted a um, charcuterie board for like small animals, like rabbits and get on our Facebook yes. group? I was like, oh my God, this is Yes, perfect. I did. And I was, <laughs> was like, so that cute. is pretty darn cute. <laughs> I'm all about the pet charcuterie board for Christmas. <laughs> From the Onward Project.